Three people on a couch. Today's guest is Will Hughes. He's a musician and he's the lead singer of the late, great Charlie Borsky. And today, he's on our mother effing couch. Will Hughes, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on this mother effing couch. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I'm so excited that you're here because you're a musician and we haven't had that many of them. <laughs> We've had, we had I love one or musicians, two others, yeah. you know that. <laughs> so oh, one. we know. We know. <laughs> I so, just realized I'm like breaking a massive rule of this, I think. I, I'm, I have gum in my mouth. I'm going to swallow the gum. No, no I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Put it under your desk. Are we going to trade it? <laughs> just under the fucking table, dude. <laughs> thank you for having me in this place. A, a trash can in there if you want to run in. It's gone. Oh, oh you already, you already swallowed it? Dude, he's oh, fast, too. Oh, God. <laughs> it's it's going to be in my system for... Seven years, I think it was. Yeah. That's is that true? No. no. The lining of my intestines is just spackled with... It looks like that wall in Seattle that has like all the gum from all around the world that people oh, take photos no. in And if you uh, swallow um, watermelon seeds, then it's going to grow a watermelon in your stomach. I've heard well. that. Yeah. Or if you eat like an apple core, it's going to give you a stomach ache. Well, that's because there's... Like, I don't know if that's true, but there is like minor amounts of cyanide in apple seeds from like pesticide. No, it's just like a naturally cyanide is like actually just in apple seeds. It's like a they, protective mechanism. I don't know what like it the, is. I have no clue. I really I have, have very no clue. base level knowledge of plants. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> There's also <laughs> mushrooms that makes you high. There, there are. Yes, there are. <laughs> you guys know that. I've never heard of such Not a thing. Enough. No, me neither. Well, there's like the ancient <laughs> mushrooms, like the nootropic ones, and then you have the so <laughs> point point being is just that plants can make you high and stomach achy. Yeah, so that that was my point. Anyway, back to Will. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. Back to about. our uh, our You thought this was going to be about weather. music? I'm going to go on about plants for for how long? <laughs> this, this podcast oh, is about on. nothing. <laughs> we have like a loose skeleton <laughs> we want to work off of. Go One day we were it. talking about our favorite types of bread. I was like, cut. Like, what is oh, this? you remember? Yes, I remember the bread episode. Let's not talk about how we talked about our bread. Well, <laughs> if I can put out a warning, though, oleander is an extremely common plant and is highly toxic and it's everywhere. In Which fact, one? Oleander is, is toxic enough to where if it burns and you inhale the smoke, it can kill you. Oh my God. Yeah. You're getting the ideas. What is, what is oleander? It's a like a bush that flowers. It. And so it's like really common as, there was like a a, book. as an ornamental like plant. Didn't you read that book, White Oleander? It was a they, movie. It was a movie, right? And they really? try to kill someone or White something. Oleander. Do they use oleander? Yeah. It's super toxic. Looks it reminds like me of uh, what Walter White used with the ricin. Oh, yeah. It's cute. So if you eat this, you will die. Yeah, you don't eat oleander. So there must be a ton of deaths from it because it's such an attractive looking like floral. From fucking well, idiots who just decide that's very pretty. <laughs> yeah, so like, I should consume I don't it. think I've it's ever like eaten a flower. Do you normally eat flowers, Stephen? If, like, if it's on a meal or on something. Like if you're on a, if you're, if you're, you know, you know what? Yes. You know when you're on like a. You know when they're on the meal or decoration. No, you know when you're on like a cruise ship or something, they put like a nice purple flower next you're to the pork chop. You're not supposed to eat it. Well, I, I, take, also I would eat it. I take I a bite out of the too. plate sometimes too to get some crunch. <laughs> if I'm. Turn down his audio a little bit. No. China. This is a good effect. Honestly, when when you're a kid, like, and you're walking around, didn't you just try eating like different types of things? I found a four leaf clover in elementary one time after like five days of recess of digging through the clover patch, and I finally found one, and I ate it because I wanted to put the good luck into my body. I was like eight years old. I remember searching for those. Did you eat one? No, I That's never. Right. I never found one. Do you one. have good luck? 
I never found one. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuck with the three, so I guess that's bad luck. Yeah, definitely. Everyone hates the number three. So <laughs> let's talk about uh, where are you from? Uh, I grew up in uh, in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> okay, that's Which is hilarious. Yeah, obviously. Just these transition there. So let's add. <laughs> what about hers? Like, oh, I know some, I know a little bit about flowers. That's good. And <laughs> What colors do you like? Uh, Purple is my favorite color. You're from Dallas. So what's going on with Austin? I heard rumblings you might be moving to Austin. Oh. Wait, what? That's the message boards. The streets are talking. So I think that that probably just comes from the fact that recently uh, one of my my bandmates and very, very dear friends moved to Austin. So right. we are like located in different cities now, the band. Uh, we've got Blair who lives in Phoenix, Arizona at the moment. Nick lives in Austin. Our drummer, Alan, lives in Victoria, Texas. And then me, Lucas, and Sailor are all still in California. Okay. Chloe also moved. Everyone fucking moved. Was she in your band? How many people are in this band? A lot. It's had a <laughs> rotating cast of people. A lot of people. I seen some photos and I was like, the band is like blending with the audience. I can't tell who's in. Yeah, it's like nine people in the band. Dude, we played at this one venue downtown LA where it was like the stage was so fucking small. There only could be the drum kit and three of us. Two people stood on the floor and Nick literally sat like cross-legged on the bar. Just sat there and then stood up on it. It was just on the he, bar rail. He zoomed in from the parking lot. There's not enough <laughs> space. There's too many of us. How many band members are there? It depends on the show. <laughs> you have a big uh, show. Oh, bring no, in the next 10. No one knows. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep it a mystery. It's like a school of rock, basically. It's like but it's definitely yeah. somewhere between like 1 and 14. <laughs> wow. Do you have any... Is this your main band? Or do you have another band that you started? No, this is my main band. I mean, it's pretty many bands in one band. Like what, from 1 to 14. The there are people, though, who like are in a shit ton of projects, like playing so many bands. That sounds very stressful. So when you have certain songs you're going to play, how do you account for the number of people showing up? It could be a solo. It could be 14 people. <laughs> like, how do you account for that? that? Okay, I think the biggest we've ever been on stage was eight. Okay. Uh, but we play the same songs. Do you... Uh, we only have three of them. We'll but, play them over and over again for four hours. But, like, do you, like... Are you fish? Get, <laughs> but, like, how does that work? Do you, like, okay, let's just add another guitar and another bass? Or, yeah, like, how well, do you I mean, fit everyone? We kind of, honestly, it's like there are, like, almost just different versions of, of the songs that exist, depending on how many people are on stage at any given time. It's, like, really anchored by four of us who, you know, have been with it since the, like, the beginning of, of the band. Get it. So you, you do guitar and you also sing? So I actually most of the time play a six-string ukulele, oh. although I do guitar as well. And I use guitar more so when I'm like just doing things on my own because it fills out sound a little bit better than the uke. Although uke is what I learned to play first. I don't consider myself a great guitar player, even though I'm going to play it. <laughs> you can play the uke as, as well. or Yeah. Or, or, or. And I like when we... So we, we put out our first full-length album last year and... All of us are playing stuff all over the place on it. Like, you know, I played guitar and piano and uke and some synthesizer. And, you know, like Nick did bass and he like did most of the production stuff that we like kind of tag teamed and keyboard and synth. And it's like literally just everyone's doing all sorts of shit when we're in the studio. It's really like it becomes the main things when we're on stage. But when we're recording, it's like whatever we need. And then sometimes we're just like, we'll figure it out. Like we've been recording recently. <laughs> Nick like got his hands on an accordion and was like i'm just gonna figure out how to play the accordion enough for this one song that's ambitious yeah does anyone play the triangle 
I mean, when they're 14 people, they're, they're running out of like, running yeah, out of instruments. Yeah, like, All right, t- tissue box, kazoo. <laughs> I just, How? I really love like a really big full sound, and when, if I had that option, you know, and the money to do it, I would have like a huge orchestra ensemble the whole time. Yeah. So you guys meet up in different places across the country to perform. Yeah, we'll like come together and and rehearse, and then like hit the road. When's your next show? Uh, St. Patrick's Day. We're playing in San Diego at uh, Patrick's Pub, actually. St. Patty's Day is the 17th of March. Close, right? (laughs) Close enough. I have no clue about the American. I mean, it's huge in Boston. The green beer. We don't do that shit in Sweden. We have like we have no clue you why have, you have midsummer though. We have midsummer. Very we different holidays though. That's good enough. But like, that's that's the, like oh well you have Hanukkah and I have. But that's the biggest, Patrick's that's Day. the biggest Swedish one, right? I mean, in Sweden we have midsummer. And there's another one too, like summer. Yeah, we have summer solstice. That would yeah. be mid, that would be midsummer, wouldn't it? No, we have. Okay, we have so many. Can weird we just say that fucking movie was so scary. I, I haven't seen the entire I loved one. it. It was so People scary. love it. Yeah, because it's, it's beautiful. So it, yeah, that was the thing. It's like this really weird like juxtaposition of like this awful fucking gore and stuff and then just beautiful shots. Yeah, that's exactly For how it goes. For those that are confused, we're talking about Midsummer. The uh, Ar- Ali Arister? What's the director's name? Oh, gosh. No clue. I don't know. What else? Yeah, the, guy I, who, the guy who did Hereditary. Yes. Um, this movie came out like three or four years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. I mean... Yeah. No, we're having it. We're going to do a uh, movie night and we're going to screen it. No, when I not. saw it, no. I felt very affected by it. And so much so that afterwards, me and my friend who saw it went like our separate ways afterwards. And I went straight to the Dollar Theater in North Hollywood and I saw the, the Detective Pikachu movie afterwards. You need like a palate cleanser. I do that too. A little bit of a lighthearted. You saw you know, Pikachu? No, I, I said uh, I do that too. If I ever see anything scary, I need to watch like a Disney the, movie, like directly. Off this the was the, like I've seen several horror movies. I'm not a huge horror like horror movie buff guy, but the images of like the girl when um, she's reliving her mom dying. Oh yeah, those flashbacks to the mask and the the movement of the camera towards the parents laying there was like haunting. Yeah, it was more affecting to me than most horror movies. It was more than just that. To because me. it was so realistic. It I think. also is truly the most realistic depiction that I have ever seen on screen of what like a psychedelic trip looks like. Because mm. in like a lot of movies, you know, people take some kind of psychedelic and then it's like fucking cartoons appear and shit. No. Yeah, yeah. It's like things, if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even notice, take on like weird movement. Like she's wearing like a flower crown and like the center of the flowers, like weirdly expanding and shrinking. Everything's breathing. Yeah. Suddenly. Things just take on a weird movement, which is what psychedelics are, are like. I've never right. seen a cartoon bird on a psychedelic. Right. And it's also this, the weird, it's just like a very, very weird feeling of what reality is. Oh yeah. I feel like. I don't think I've ever actually truly hallucinated. Things have looked different to me, but I've never seen something that didn't exist. I've hallucinated just from smoking weed and laying down at bed and closing my eyes. And I, it can be dark. I can see things. I'm hallucinating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that weed I don't know where I am. In, in, in huge amounts, like totally. It, it's like more intense than some other drugs sometimes. Like if you get too stoned. you. I've never hallucinated that I know of. Every, every night when you go to bed, you do. Yeah. He, I takes, mean, he takes acid before bed. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a disclaimer for all our listeners is that 
That's not how Midsummer actually goes. I thought it was going to be something about drugs and children. Yeah, I know. Disclaimer is that's That's nothing to do with Midsummer. This is like a Swedish disclaimer. Yes, it's Swedish. I need to protect my people. Is Midsummer like the Citizen Kane of Sweden? I mean, we love Midsummer. We really do, but it's not. It's not the biggest one. I wouldn't say we have. Also, we have this thing where we just light a fire. (laughs) <laughs> a big ass fire no, I mean, I like we that, do it yeah. everywhere and then everyone gets drunk because that's kind of what Swedes do Sounds like high school they yeah, make fires and get drunk yeah I mean it, but it's like the fire I think it's there's called some, there's something May fire your country it. has way more of an appreciation for the sun than place like that's Los Angeles thing. or Florida that's where you're thing. getting soaked in it all day so why we do light this fire in May I think it's first of May it's to like honor the the spring and the like cure the devil out of the land. I don't know. It's an Schedule. old Viking Viking tradition, but we keep it alive. Cure the like devil it. out of the land. So the devil and, comes with the winter. But also, you know, and also we have this crayfish party season. Oh yeah. So then we eat crayfish and get really drunk. We have these snap songs. I'm gonna teach you a snap song after this. Okay. And you have to you have to do it. <laughs> okay. Whatever no, but and ne- yes. And then next time when you're performing in LA. You're gonna sing it on stage, and we're all gonna drink snaps. What it's it's the alcohol snaps. Yeah, snaps. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's Why? the deal. Let's go to Sweden. No. Okay. <laughs> I moved away. I After moved all there. that defending of your country, let's go to Sweden. No, I hate no. that place. <laughs> no, I moved here two years ago. I like it here. But Not- you're gonna you go back to visit. Have you been to Germantown in in uh, California? Germantown. Yeah. No. Have you been? Where is that? It's like. Um, is that a thing? Yeah. It's, like it's, an in LA. it's in LA? Uh, no. It's oh, are you thinking of Solvang? Yeah. Are you thinking of a Dutch village? Yes. That's, Solvang that's, is Dutch. That's, is it Dutch? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Yep. Yeah. But they serve uh, schnitzel. Yeah, so does the place <laughs> on La Brea. They- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's German. I was just there and I ate a lot of Danish. I've been to, uh, to like an Irish pub in Solvang. Really? Yeah. They had a really good... Uh, what was it that I ate there? A Reuben. I had a Reuben at an Irish pub in Solvang, and it was delicious. What's this? What's the deal with that place? So the Dutch apparently came there like once upon a time and like set up shop, or? Yep. I think it's like a. It's know. like That's a. That's the story. It's like a. <laughs> it's seen as like a sister city to the the Netherlands, right? Really? I think it's just a tourist trap now. It's not actually. Well, it's like, become that. It's become like a little mini. But they came like, here Vegas like the 1700s or something like that. 1600s. I'm making all this up. I think. I have yeah. no it could be idea. the 90s or like, how can we get more people to come to this desert? You know? <laughs> Touchdown! I have no clue, but I mean, no, I haven't been there. But is it, so what is it? It's a small town outside of Santa Barbara. Population it, about 42,000. The GDP is 500. No, uh, it's a tiny little village, restaurants, shops. Is it pretty? Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a fake town. It's more it's inland, so it's a, you know, it feels like people solving. If you're listening, are well, so well, it's like it kind of feels not a fucking fake town. <laughs> it kind of feels like it's it could be a set, like town. you could just go downtown yeah, and just like go like Disneyland, <laughs> sort of like it's a movie set because the buildings look like you're in Europe and like, there's a lot of like um, which is fake. 
It looks like a big mini golf course, right? It looks like a mini golf course. So you got like the little... The, what happened to that show? Yeah, they got canceled. <laughs> I know that we weren't going to get canceled. political, but Europe is a continent that is actually... It's completely imaginary and it doesn't exist. Yeah, Full of golf I'm actually not from Sweden. Sweet Sweden is an imaginary place, <laughs> as yes. is Europe. You know what's yes. nicer than Solvang up there, I think, is Ojai. Have you been there? No. Ojai is oh? beautiful. Ojai is really nice. Oh. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. So oh. that's also... Where's that? Ohio. It's outside Santa Barbara. Does anyone in your life, when you like say things to you, or you say things to them, ever go, hello? Do people do that to you? No. I feel like that happened no. a lot in like middle school. Yeah, that's that feels like that was the like, thing. Talk to the hand, the hello. Yeah, like talk to the hand. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Hey, talk hand. to the hello. hand. Hello. Yeah, you just go, hello. No, I, do people oh, do that to you? Ice cream yeah. truck. Hello. Do, 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 hello. Right? Isn't that the. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I have no clue what to, you're talking about. I used about. to drive an ice cream truck. We know. Shut quite, the fuck quite up. Quite a few stories Did you from really? Me. Yeah. One of the funniest things that happened was that. So we have a, all different types of customers. And like, you know, I have like, the different cartoon faces. We had uh, SpongeBob, but we had a lot of Spanish customers. So, you know, in Spanish, the noun comes before the adjective. So, like, give me Bob the sponge. I was like, SpongeBob? Bob the sponge. But, I mean. I was like, uh, never thought that he was like. I will take one Robert Sponge, please. <laughs> but it's also ice cream truck. But how you hate you ice do? cream. Yes. What? I know. Is that true? You do not want any ice cream. I in this moment or ever ever ever. She Amanda's only about the chocolate. Yeah. So no, ice cream cream is weird. It's like like I want something. I either eat it or drink it, but nothing in between. And ice cream is just in that range. So no milkshake. What else falls in that category? Mashed potatoes. Milkshake is like no 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 mashed potatoes fine. I would put mashed potatoes while a different temperature. The consistency is in the same family as ice cream to me. That is that is probably true. You I like d- mashed potato? Mashed potatoes? It's not like I'm doing it every. Mashed potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not like I eat it every day. It's not like oh I'm just gonna oh I'm so I really want mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, I used to get them a lot when I had braces because you go in there and get your braces no, tightened and your teeth would be no. so sore you couldn't chew anything oh you'd have a milkshakes and mashed potatoes Mil- exactly i'm like i'm going to call it but that's but that's the thing so if you leave ice cream it becomes if you milk. Did it. and if you freeze it all food is <laughs> this way it just takes a lot longer like if you leave a yeah, steak on a table for like two three days it will melt what yeah <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> It will, it will eventually. No, it would probably like be eaten of maggots or something. My dad used to say that when I was a kid that macaroni turns into maggots when it's left out. Like he didn't, Ugh. he didn't mean like it attracts maggots. He meant it like, like it turns it into fundamentally transforms into that. That is one of my I, worst I it nightmares. Up to my AP bio teachers like you guys are more. <laughs> <laughs> Your but that's fuck that teacher. How dare he say that? You can't no, he, say that. No, Your fucking dad is a moron. No, he didn't say it. He was just like uh, macaroni turning to maggots. Like no. What age was this? Because this means you still believe. College. Twenty one. I'm open minded to anything. Like maybe it does turn to maggots. Like a Pokemon. It starts off as the like the evolution a, of of macaroni is maggot. You know, it's like macaroni is the magic carp and the maggots is the Gyarados. It, Blue blocks. I choose you. What? You know, Magikarp was like one of the most useless. 
Pokemon. I'm just flap around. I don't know which one. Yeah, it oh. could only use. And then when it turns into Gyarados, splash. it's like an absolute beast. That's just like my transformation. Was that? A- <laughs> <laughs> do we have photos of what you looked like in your pre-evolutionary form? She was a oh, fish. You were a fish. <laughs> she was literally. She swam here from Sweden. No. And she got legs. She was a mermaid. <laughs> yes. What do you mean by your transformation from? And since you got to LA. No, I don't. You've got it. You're a floundering fish. And no, but like everyone transforms <laughs> from being kids, you know? Like we're all morons when we're kids. I li- <laughs> No. <laughs> we are. No, but seriously, when I was a kid. Oh my God, I'm going to regret saying this. Don't say was a, No, please. <laughs> when I was a kid <laughs> and my mom read the first Harry Potter chapters for me, she said, because in Sweden, uh, the scar. Is pronounced. It's the same word as for the letter R. So I fully believed that he walked around with the letter R on his forehead until the movie came out. And then I turned into my mom and said, "Dude, that's not an R. That's a seat. You know, a seat. Seat. I, how do you say it? Seat. Scott. No, the the letter C. Z. C. The the one. So I mean. <laughs> I was so stupid because it's like it's on the cover and everyone knew that. But I just I thought, thought the story I just thought <laughs> way worse. I no, but this is like, like you're like sorry for all those listening. I was like, oh god, what is she gonna say? I mean but it's pretty stupid. No, that's a fair it's a pronunciation thing. That's oh that's fair. right. I'm in America. So it's No, okay it's not here. a pronunciation. She, her mother thought it was an R. No, R not my mom. I thought it. <laughs> I thought it was an R. Like the letter R. I didn't forehead. know that people referred to toilet paper as TP because TP stood for toilet paper until I was in my 20s. What do you think it was like to build a TP? With? I, I had s- no idea. I just assumed it was a strange thing that had just been labeled to toilet paper. I didn't know. I the word, still don't I didn't know, know the that word for feces until like college. I was, I was like, what? urine means pee, and then like I guess poop. That's like medically what people say. And <laughs> poop. Like, feces. <laughs> but that's Doesn't that's really a- come up that much unless you're working in, a, in like a medical setting. No, and it also sounds like something is dying. Toilet paper at most food stores to bathroom tissue because it sounds fancy. Yeah, right? is it a fancy thing or is like is it less like graphic sounding? Toilet paper sounds like you're gonna be using like they're on the toilet. Paper. Yeah, you're gonna be like, it, I'm done with toilet paper. I'm wipes from here on out, regardless of really can handle it. Yeah, I'll never go back, dude. I'm gonna do that. You don't use any toilet paper after the wipe. You just have wet cheeks. Yeah, because the, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, yeah, especially, yeah. especially if moist, moist if you, cheeks. If you, especially if you go wet first and then toilet paper, it's gonna be looking like Charlotte's Web in there oh, with all these little yeah, with all the pieces. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that that's true. I never forms, thought about uh, it. The, the the dinkleberries. Exactly, exactly, and that's a berry you definitely shouldn't use. <laughs> it's good cyanide. Dude, <laughs> I also want to start using more wipes. Like yeah. I need it in my life. Yeah, I, they're I, terrible for the environment. A, are they? Yeah, yeah the because the plumbing of these buildings. All too. those fucking things literally say like totally will like decompose. None of them do. But you know what? Every toilet should be built with a, a, a bidet. Bidet. I said duvet. Duvet. <laughs> a bidet crudite. It should be. <laughs> Let's I start eat talking about board out of my toilet. Every <laughs> toilet should have a bidet. That's in it. one good thing about India is the butt sprays. <laughs> They have butt sprays. <laughs> they have every toilet, most toilets in like Mumbai would have like a hose that comes out with a like you'd have almost on a sink. But attached to the hose, you just spray. Which I I, I, I like that in in concept, 
It's but amazing. Like, it's if weird you get at first. Too close with it, like is it in a public restroom? Is there yeah, like a shit covered fucking sprayers? Surprisingly yeah. not. Yeah. Surprisingly it's not. not. Because people in other countries have like some well, kind of respect the, for yes. other people. Because it's on the what? right side usually of the toilet, but you would use your left to. Do I have a business. serious question. Yes. In Sweden, yes. Are public restrooms clean places, or do you go into them sometimes and there's just like mad <laughs> shit spray all over the place? Usually very clean. See, but you not- you can always find a dark bar somewhere and walk in there <laughs> three three in the morning and be like fuck you know that's so, what happens though in america <laughs> at 2 p.m on a weekday i know yeah three Fridays. i've just gone in <laughs> exactly you go to tender greens at 1 p.m and it looks like somebody that, looks the like bathroom somebody aimed their ass at the toilet <laughs> pulled their cheeks apart and just <laughs> the bathroom spray. stall looks like a banksy like Dude. it literally is just it's lit up I love this episode already. <laughs> is this the direction you. that they normally go? Oh, yeah. it's It goes everywhere, so definitely. Um, I think we're learning that it's like it's all about like the, getting this, getting into the silly vibe. Things just... Dude, it's just good. Dead. It's just good for the soul. I know um, I know. Amanda only has 10 left. Yes. Do we want... 10 to, years in me. <laughs> that's all you get. Do we want like, you... You have um, 10 left. Yeah. We can, 15 years. Then I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I, yeah, I do. So what? what's about it? I got to I gotta run in uh, about 10, 10 minutes. minutes. We're yeah. going to keep going. Uh, yeah, for but a bit. you guys are going to continue. Let's just keep talking. And then when you leave, just get out. Well, I was going to say, do yeah. you want to hear uh, a song now or do you want to say that for later? I want to talk about more about uh, what the next step is. Say you guys you keep increasing popularity. The next step is you get onto these festival lineups. That would be the dream, honestly. Festivals are great. It's a huge exposure thing like you're able to be seen by a ton of people honestly just like touring last summer it was our first time going on tour was incredible to play in other cities because people i don't know i feel like people come out to shows more in other cities definitely in la you know because there's so many of them you'll invite even with eight of us you know you invite all your friends and you have like 80 people who are like we will absolutely be there or our friendship is over and then after each show, we all have like 10 less friends because <laughs> no one fucking shows up to anything. You'll get a text like 45 minutes after the set that's like, dude, are you guys like, is it still going? And it's like, no. <laughs> no. It's very flaky like that. So flaky. I'm, you know what? I've done it too. I've been a flake and it's it's bad. I shouldn't be. Dude, invite us. There, but We're not like, going to flake. Maybe these guys though. What? Or they no, Wait, you will be ten minutes. You're late. flaking in about ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, where are you going? Uh, you know, I don't. I have. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, and I personally Amanda take has, offense. I'm here I have trying an to tell you what the next step she has, is. I have an appointment. Talk about that. You no, I can talk about it. She has initiation. She's going to a KKK meeting. No. <laughs> Oh no! Jeez. No, but those meetings are great. You should oh. join. <laughs> but, and, no, I'm not going there today. And today, <laughs> why do you think she has that pile of white sheets? She just what if? What if someone actually thinks I'm? Well, then they're morons. But anyway, no, I'm going to downtown and I'm going to this introduction for Soul House. Oh. So they have this one-time introduction that you have to do. I suppose it's I like think they. Yeah. I support that. I if <laughs> if I were there, I would get up and leave the interview too. Oh yeah, like, you sure? Later, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm like, are you sure? 
Is, is it, am I excused? Yeah, I, I won't hold it against you. Good. Can you please invite us to the next show? Hold on, are you leaving right now? No, but I'm just... Take it easy, guys. <laughs> I tell you I what, I, I've never been a yeah, watch wearer in my life until like the last year or two. It's great. Just being able to do this motion <laughs> freaks people out. Do you have somewhere to be? No, 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 no. I'm just checking the time. <laughs> people get all fucking freaked out. So what are you anticipating? Are on. you guys on um, Spotify right now? Yes, absolutely. Wherever you stream music, if you search the late, great Charlie Borsky, you can absolutely find us. I feel like you us. guys should um, make some kind of musical because you guys are all actors as well and you have such distinct uh, I definitely think looks. that there's an element of that to what we do. Um, there is. I, I feel like even from just seeing some videos, and like you pick up on that, that it's you get this very like other otherworldly, like almost like it transports you to this different time period and dimension i just think it's so it's such an, an incredibly important thing at least for me with writing music like the storytelling element not that there's like not like a great thing about you know shit without the story you know like some music is really good to party to and music's like let's get fucked up or you know like that kind of stuff but to me it's like a very important aspect of what i do musically and what we do as a band is like all about like communicating emotion and story um, so are you currently still acting? Occasionally. I don't do the acting thing so much. I, the last time I was in a show and honestly, I've never done anything really pursuing stuff on camera. I've done a few things here and there. It was mostly, mostly, wow, mostly live theater, but, uh, I haven't done a, sh a full blown show like that. In would you shave your, uh, beard? <laughs> you almost said shave your ass. You? <laughs> no. I would shave, I would shave. I also thought about it. I was also like. like I would shave my beard and my ass for the ass? right role. Would you would. Shave yeah. Your ass yeah. For yeah. Do you usually shave? <laughs> that, that talk's been talked Well, I don't even always have a beard like this. I think just, I started growing it last May and I said, fuck it. Dude, and, I like it. And now here it is. A lot of the time, actually, previous to this, I was, I had a big old mustache. I was a mustachioed individual. <laughs> I've I've wanted to grow a beard like that. I support it. This but is this has taken me since last May. It's commitment. Really? Yeah. It's very fluffy. In fact, since I knew, I didn't realize at first that this podcast was on a camera until I like looked into it. I was like, oh Surprise. shit, I'm gonna be on film <laughs> just now. So I like shampooed and conditioned it this morning and put some product in it nice. so I wouldn't look like a complete, you know, disheveled mess. Dude, that's commitment. That's commitment. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you still dating the same girl? Yeah. Are you guys engaged? No. <laughs> Marriage? How do you feel about it? <laughs> do Just you, in general? As I'm, like, uh, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> don't I'd, I'd like to take this moment I want to. Uh, <laughs> I want to get to know him every aspect of his life. Yeah. Um, How long have you been dating? What's her social security number? <laughs> what's your bank account? <laughs> So if we can, like, can you do like a little ticker thing at the bottom of the screen where it just scrolls across? <laughs> I'll provide it as long as you add it to it. We'll, we'll blur out the last two numbers. <laughs> so it's just a mystery. No. So tell us about her. Is she a musician as well? She's, part of the she's band? an actress, right? Yes, 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 yes. So uh, she runs a children's theater uh, in Woodland Hills called, am I allowed to say things like that? Oh, yeah. No, say the name of it. I thought, oh. that's like an advertisement. Hey, unless you're going to say Epstein's Island, I think it's fine. Yeah, she runs a children's theater on Epstein's Island, uh, oh, which I said, which you can now take out as like a clip, right? Yes. That's how you, it's a click, click baiting. Yep. Um, she runs a children's theater in Woodland Hills <laughs> called Class Act Musical Theater, and she's brilliant with the kids. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. We, we've been dating for. 
uh, a long time, like six, seven years. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. And before that, we were like best friends in college and stuff. So it was like really? a whole like natural progression. So tell me what the wow. progression was like from like we could learn something were, from this when, guy. <laughs> like <when> you, seriously, <laughs> when you were friends with her. So we it? were like classmates. And then, like, we got to know each other and we became friends, became, like, really good friends. Out of college, we, like, moved in with each other with a couple other people. Like, we were roommates. Uh, and and then from roommates, we, you know, we became, like, friends who were, like... Having sex. Fucking each yeah. other. <laughs> Hi, Mom. And uh, who will listen to this, I guarantee you. Uh, and Hi, Sonny. And then from there, it just, like, became a natural progression. It was a very interesting thing, though, because, like, we never had to have that, like, tough conversation of, like, is it time to move in with each other? It was, like, just a different that. kind of conversation where it was, like, are we, or is this, like, what we're doing? We live together. Uh, it kind of just, like, became that before you knew it. Every day passed by, and you're, like, oh, shit, she's, I'm living with her, and I have feelings for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it was a very natural thing. And you guys you And think, how uh, are we going to... Make that happen. Like how? No, but seriously. How long have you and your roommate been living together? Me and Jonah? Uh-huh. Me and her, we've been living together for a year soon. A year? Yeah. That's so it? you probably got about another six months before you guys will have to determine whether or not you're going to become like... If we're going to start fucking. Sleeping together, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And then from there, then you guys can become, you know, like significant others. I get it. Do you feel like living with her was kind of like a, a test run of seeing how to be like domestically with her? I like, mean, oh, I didn't, I didn't foresee it going that direction when we first moved into with each other. We were living with a couple other people. It was like, you know, right out of college. So it was just the cheaper thing to do. We were like all really close. There were four of us living in a two bedroom in North Hollywood, which was an incredible apartment that we just fucking thrashed. <laughs> now I would like kill to live there for the price. It was like like a two bedroom with a washer and dryer, a massive living room, full kitchen, and it was like two thousand dollars a month, which doesn't exist anymore. No. Four bedroom, what a two bedroom, two bedroom. massive two that's bedroom. Still, I'm just good. saying that this is a three bedroom. It's not that great, but it's three bedrooms, and it's two thousand nine hundred. That's so good, but it's so good. It is good. Yeah, we've been in the same. We've been living in the same place for. Oh God! Since 2015. What part of town are you in? North Hollywood. Okay. And so, because we've been there for so long and like have the rent control, and this is the most LA conversation of all time, because all we talk about is how much our rent. apartments cost. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like a joke, but it it really isn't. It's like the first thing you ask someone when you get to know someone. Where do oh, you yeah. live? How much do you pay a month? Yeah. Uh, so we we pay like 1,400 bucks a month for a one bedroom apartment because we've Dude, been there good. for so long. That's really good. Oh, the place is great too. I mean, do you I like North Hollywood more so than like Silver Lake, Los Feliz area? Um, I definitely like where I live because like I'm right at the edge of that and Valley Village, and so I have like a neighborhood behind my apartment, so it's a little bit quieter. Although that didn't stop some bastard who I hope hears this from stealing my fucking car <laughs> in December. Fuck you guys! Yeah, car. stole my fucking car. What? Yeah, off Dude. the street. It was in. So when I park on the street, nothing has ever happened to my car. I went out of town for like five days left it in the parking spot behind my apartment and when we returned it was gone really wow did insurance reimburse you completely or? absolutely oh. thank you to geico this episode is brought <laughs> to you brought by to you by geico insurance 15 minutes to <laughs> does your insurance go up after you do that claim it did not oh wow no 
and you never found cool. the car. There's no way ever finding it. Not they through auctions they or anything. They found it. Oh, they, they found did. It. About a month after it was stolen, and it was demolished. It had no fucking tires on it. It was a Prius. The hybrid battery had been torn out of the inside. The wow. fucking touchscreen like camera thing in the in the dash was gone. The fucking radio was gone. The catalytic converter was gone. It was just like a shell that was torn apart with a shit ton of like uh, sorry. What are they like the like the vape? cartridge boxes and del taco bags it's like somebody had literally just gotten high as fuck ate a shit ton of del taco tore the car apart and ditched it on the street about a mile from my apartment wow yeah i had a i parked my car at my friend's place one night in his driveway in the hills and i slept there and the next morning my the doors were unlocked in my car and all my money the coins and my glasses were taken what? So some like a homeless coins. person just like slept. What the fuck? Do you remember, you remember coin? coin? Yeah, coins. They're not really a thing anymore. I if you're doing like. laundry, they are. I think I'm oh, yeah. have some in Dude. my Dude. Oh, no one uses them anymore. I no, I have coin laundry here. Oh, I have a I fucking card. hate it. You never have coins. What about meters? I guess cards. Cards. No, meters, meters cards. has the card readers now. Pasadena. Yeah. Pasadena, the meters do not. What? At least some of them, yeah. It's all old school. I was just in Montrose yesterday as well. Uh, Their yeah. meters, no cards. All coins. I did my laundry with an app. Yeah, you're high tech in that. Laundry. Oh, this is a like. You don't even have to use a machine. You just press the fucking <laughs> button. And it's clean. Bam. Okay, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and then you guys are gonna continue with the interview. And I'm unfortunately need to flake. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Will, uh, you brought your guitar here today, huh? No. Oh, it's a shame. Found, it. <laughs> found it in a stolen Prius. Yeah, and I've never played the guitar before, so I kind of just figured I'd give it a well, shot. Well, Steve's actually a uh, seasoned guitarist. I play mostly the skin flute, but yeah, the guitar is also something I dabble in. <laughs> when the when the Wi-Fi is down. I'm a skin flute player guitar. <laughs> hey, if you need a fi- if you need a fifteenth band member, then I'll be on stage with um, my appendage. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> can i say sucking dick on this podcast is that <laughs> just did <laughs> god i hope so all right you said you had three songs and who writes you write them um yeah so i mean most of the time with like what we do is i will either like write a song and then come and present it to everyone or like we'll co-write stuff together um but even when like I write stuff, I don't ever come in and say like, here's the bass line, like here's the guitar line, like all this kind of stuff. I'll come in with like my chord structure prepared and like melody, lyrics, whatever. And then like everyone kind of puts their thing to it. It's like why I value everyone in the band so much is everyone has such good input with what they do. Um, and like that was our whole like, you know, like activity that we were doing when you couldn't do anything else for so long right. is we like kind of all just like came together, built a home studio and we spent like, like nine months recording. So in that time it was like really cool to take all this music that we had been playing for so long and really get into it and like break everything down. We came up with new stuff. And then after that, um, we did all the recording on our own and then we brought it to, uh, our friend Sailor Alexander, who had done sound for us at our residency at Dresden. Um, Brian just went on a date there. I did. That place is, I love it. Cool place. It, it was like home for us for so long. Um, and so after we'd done all the recording, we brought it to him. 
And he did all of like the mixing and mastering, which was an incredibly enlightening experience for me because I've not been involved in all that quite so much. I've done a lot of live stuff, but not as much like recording. And so like going in there and getting to learn about that, and, like him and I are now like producing together as well for other artists, um, was just a really cool experience. And he is like an enormous talent as well. He's got such a fucking great ear for things. So it was really a collaborative effort. So if you're listening to this and you are interested in what it sounds like, uh, the late great Charlie Borsky can find it where you stream music. The album is called Watch Out for Spiders. It's 13 songs long, and if you have 53 minutes to commit, I suggest listening to it from front to back because it's like truly been designed to be listened to that way, where there are interludes that happen and certain songs flow into each other, and uh, it was just a very methodical, like, thought the whole thing out, like the order of everything. So, Who is Charlie Borsky? <laughs> so uh, Charlie Borsky is kind of an alter ego character that I created for myself. Um... I, I used to be a, a big old drunken piece of shit, and then I got my shit together and got sober, and um, it's an homage to to that individual who used to, to exist that doesn't so much anymore. The wild man. Exactly. Cool. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll start off with one uh, that's a bit sentimental, and we can do something a little bit more upbeat afterwards. Okay. Um, this is like a newer song that I've written. Um called what I'm trying to say I think is what it's called (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you want me to pull up the track list so you can remember your song I've got a question it's nothing bad you'll see And that question that I prefaced with a question is, would you spend your life with me? We could do those things. We've always said we do. We could travel, build a family, and I'd be happy just to do those things with you. And I fix you breakfast. So it's ready when you wake. I'd make that omelet that you like. It's filled with vegetables and sausage. But no cheese. I know that dairy makes your stomach ache. But there's a fear that lives inside me. It tells me that you don't feel the same. Sometimes it gets the best of me Keeps me from saying what I'm trying to say Like I love you And I'm sorry And I'm grateful for you Every single day We could go sailing Out upon the sea I've never been sailing before, but I reckon I could figure it out as long as you were there with me. 
and we could go walking. I'd walk a thousand miles with you beside me while I'm walking. I could walk until these boots of mine wear out. But that fear still lives inside me. It's telling me that you don't feel the same. And most times it gets the best of me. It keeps me from saying what I'm trying to say. Like I love you, and I'm sorry, and I'm grateful for you every single day. And when we grow old, I know you don't like to talk about those things. But I just want you to know that I love you, and I'll be there for as long as my heart Woo. So, who, who is that about? <laughs> um, this hamster. About the girl who stole his Exactly. There was this girl, and uh, I mentioned a Prius earlier. Um, I mean, it's certainly inspired by my partner, but um, I don't know. When I write songs, I like to take like bits of real life and you know, kind of like just expand on the idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, and this song was called? Oh, uh, what I'm trying to say. Uh, so this next one, let's see how this goes, uh, is called uh, Make Me Feel. Uh, it's a little bit more like a, a heartbreak song. <laughs> okay. Someone I've never felt so completely alone. I stare at the forest, but can't see the trees. This house that we share, it ain't my home. Well, my teeth are smashed together. I'm sweating you out. Love didn't die, never existed, except for the loved oneself. And so to become one becomes two becomes four. You don't make me feel not lonesome anymore. We're picking up speed. I'm blinded by things I can't see. A collision will happen and leave us with nothing. I'm shackled by pain. You fly free. Oh, my teeth are smashed together. I'm sweating you out. Didn't die, never existed. 
Songs called Sweating You Out. <laughs> Make me feel. That's my favorite part of that for sure. The sweating I, You Out, I really just got that image in my mind. I'm like smashing on this guitar and going all out of tune. There we go. Um, all right. Well, I guess I got one more for y'all. And uh, this one's a. Spanish song? A bit of, yeah, a bit of a, a Spanish song. Really? Subtitles? Yes, exactly. Uh, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to play and then hold the subtitles up. I'm going to uh, get a Rosetta Stone sponsorship. They can figure that out. Um, I actually, I wrote this uh, after like one of the worst restaurant shifts of my entire life. <laughs> uh, it was New Year's Eve going from 19 into 20 and it was just like a fucking nightmare and I was working all night I got home you know and had been awake for like 30 hours straight and I had this like concept that Nick had inspired where he like misspoke like a name of a band that we got compared to where he was like what was the name of that band Whiskey John Bottlefuck and I was like, I don't think so, but I definitely like that. And I'm definitely going to use it. Um, and so, yeah, this is... It, kind of, it sums up the experience of dealing with the drunk, obnoxious people on New Year's. Yeah, it's like, you know, in life, like, sometimes, like, you, like, end up with, like, a nickname. And you're like, I don't know how the fuck that came about. And so you kind of have to, like, go on, like, a journey to figure out where this fucking nickname came about. (laughs) 
They call me Whiskey John Bottlefuck. Ask me how I got the name, but I don't remember, so I couldn't tell you how. But Whiskey John Bottlefuck, well, that seems to be a name that's stuck, and it's how I'm known all around this goddamn town. Now, any time that I step out for some fun, I hear, hey, there goes Whiskey John. I bet he's out on his bottle fucking ways. And honestly, I don't know what that means, but I can tell from the way that they laugh and scream that it ain't too good, but they keep repeating that phrase. They say you're Whiskey John. Yes, sir, you're Whiskey John. Man who's known for his bottle fucking ways. So I started asking around the town, trying to find out things that could be found about the origins of my bottle fucking name. I asked an old gray lady down by the church, but my words, they made her old cheeks blush. She said, Don't talk to me, boy, you must think me insane. Feller down nearby the bar, but that didn't get me too damn far. He started laughing the moment he saw me coming round. He chortled and in between his puffs, I was sure that I could just make out some stuff. And sure enough, it was an old familiar sound. He said, You're Whiskey John. Yes, sir, you're Whiskey John. Bet you're out on your bottle fucking ways. Now a few more days and a few more jokes and uh, being the butt of a few more jokes, I happened upon an old timer that was willing to share. He said, now you better listen up because it's a story you shouldn't say more than once, but I'll tell you, boy, so sit your ass down over there. out one night and he was awful drunk at the bar over near first and monk he had enough whiskey to put down a big old steer and it was there that you earned your title son when out of nowhere in front of everyone you got up on the table and stuck your pecker in a bottle of beer now you're whiskey john yes sir you're whiskey john a man who's known for his bottle fucking ways. So all because I run him up, I am now Whiskey John Bottle Fuck, and I reckon <laughs> I will be for the rest of my days. If there's a lesson that you can learn from me, that's don't get belligerent from too much whiskey, or you might become known for your bottle fucking ways. And you'll be Whiskey John. Just like I'm Whiskey John, a man who's known for his bottle fucking ways. A man who's known for his bottle fucking ways. Whiskey John bottle fuck. Woo! I have a Heineken in the kitchen if you want to have a go at it. <laughs> I'm not sure it's wide enough. I feel like that's that's you because you said that uh, that you play the skin flute. I do, but I don't fuck bottles. Oh. I fuck models. <laughs> no, sorry, I mispronounced Modellos. Modellos. Those are the bottles I fuck. Uh, Will so Hughes. Those are three songs that you wrote yourself. Yes. 
Do you, um, when you're doing shows, do you ever do any cover songs or do you only all uh, written stuff? No, we definitely do covers as well. I just, do you ever do Muffin and Sons? No. No, I feel like that that would be like an easy one for you. This song, I got a lot of like Tenacious D, like ah, type of. A little too for the other one, I got like some Muffin and Sons. Okay. Rolling deep. In. I feel like I get told all sorts of shit. Muffin and Sons, though, I've definitely, I've definitely heard. I'm trying to think of who else people say. That. Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot. I mean, dude, we do cover uh, one of my absolute favorite songs of all time as a band, and we cover uh, Believe by Cher. It's a great song. I don't know if I know it. Do you believe? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Could you just do like a quick snippet of that? <laughs> Might be a copyright issue. Really? Yeah. Is there? Well, you can do it. Can I? Can he? The, I have videos on YouTube that already have like copyright claims what? on them. They demonetize them. They can figure out if you have any music in them. Even if you're, he's doing it himself? We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll just figure. a little bit. Don't have to do the whole song because we might not make it. We're in jail next week. <laughs> we didn't know. Trying to think about how this even goes. Oh God, it's been too long. Can we can we participate somehow, like a clap or something, or a knee slap to help, like with the beat? <laughs> yeah, you know it's like. Uh, boop, boop. Do that or something. No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside, and I can't break through. There's no talking to you. It's so sad. do improvise stuff no no like if i gave you a word is there any way you could we could try that would you feel comfortable doing that no no we can try it okay <laughs> um i like i look at that as like uh like how rappers freestyle yeah i, was just, I have no idea i have such an immense amount of respect for people that can like really freestyle that's fucking insane. do you know that my roommate just showed me this um it's a rapper he's quite famous on youtube and tiktok i've never heard of him until like two days ago what's his name i forgot his name I love, like literally he, is a, is oh is it ha harry mack yes yeah. yes he basically does these like russian or chat roulettes and you're like hey can you give me three things and not chat roulette it's omegle and like the kids whatever and chat roulette has like a sex card. he gets, he gets three words <laughs> this is he gets three words and then he <laughs> then he does a skin flute um, and then he just raps and he does it like you think he spent weeks working on it you know what it is and he collaborated with this other guy who's this other famous guy in his New York apartment with like sunglasses and does a robe you know what I'm talking about oh what is his name? Like Matt Re Rebele? Or yes, that? yes. That dude, I do. They're know. so talented and oh, they're dude. just completely improvising. So your word is circular mirror. And give him one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say there's no way I can do this. Circular mirror? No, I mean just anything like this. We can certainly... Let's just try it. We can always edit it out. Uh, my word... Don't. Like put it in there. All right, we'll put it in. My word for you is revolution. So circular mirror and revolution, you have to incorporate that into an improvised song. Oh, God. I literally cannot do this. Can you guys do lyrics too? Uh, no. I can <laughs> try though. What, what, what do we do? Just start Ooh. playing. I guess we can... 
circular mirror in a revolution went to the bar and thought i have some whiskey yeah that's mirror. great <laughs> maybe you could Constitution, Constitution Revolution do rhyme really well. <laughs> I went to Smokey John's. I ordered his Reuben. That sandwich makes me feel like I'm cruising to the bathroom. To the bathroom because my lactose intolerance. And I'm cruising to the losing. I'm cruising to a losing. The circular mirror is the only thing I see myself in. I like revolution. It's round and round and round and round and round. Prostitution. It's like a full revolution since my days of prostitution. I look into a circular mirror and see a different man. Like that? That was amazing. That was great! Great, <laughs> right, this is your next big hit. Pull up chat roulette. Let's get this going. <laughs> oh, we should. Chat roulette is truly a fantastic uh, rhyme, though. I love that and a it, lot. It revolutionized the the world in a lot of ways. I do have a song about hookers, and that's how I always fucking started on stage. I'm literally like, this is a song about hookers. <laughs> <laughs> People get a kick out. When I was in college, I took an entrepreneurship class and we had to invent a product for it and market it. And the product we came up with was the hooker. And what it was, it was a hook that like you kept on a keychain that popped out and you can put it on a table for women to put their purse on when they go out to restaurants. Because a lot of times there's nowhere for them to hang their purses except for on the actual bar. So it was the hooker. I love that. Isn't that great? How does it attach? Is it an adhesive? No, it would just be like a hook, a double-sided hook like oh, this. Like, and you'd put the hook the on dang, one end and it dangled and uses like the body, the weight of the purse to balance itself on the table. So, oh. so you can always see the purse. A lot of time women might put the purse on the chair or on the floor. And so with the hooker, what about they those put big, the purse like, anywhere. wooden, like chalet type of bars that are like really thick? A lot of bars in New York actually have their own hookers. <laughs> <laughs> they have their, their own the ones that I normally go to <laughs> uh, a lot of bars per- have them they already have them built in they already have them built in like under by the stools another app we wanted to launch and neither of these we launched was like um, it's called like the party and so whenever you went to a bar or a restaurant it was sort of like Yelp but you could rate it right then and there and say what the ambience was like if it was bumping if it should come if there were any specials going on like what the crowd was like but it was a, more of a live stream version of Yelp Yelp live stream? Yeah. What did you call that one? I don't remember. The scene. No, it's called the scene. The scene. It was Facebook meets Yelp meets like uh, Twitter. I don't think I've ever had an idea for an app before. I thought of a name for an app. Like if there was a lesbian version of Grindr, Muffler, I feel like would be a good name. (laughs) But other than that, I haven't haven't really. Does that not exist already? Or is Grindr for like. Like any like gay or lesbian relationship. No, is mostly mostly men. And Can like, women join? Trent, actually, yeah, there's been women on there like looking for a gay BFF. I was like, this is oh, not really? the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm looking for. Does Grinder have a business sunk, like function to it? Like, yeah, Bumble- it's, it's called LinkedIn. No, this like no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Any medium that there's an exchange of dick fluids? pics, I feel like, it, and fluids is not the greatest place to. Be like, oh, can I send you my resume? <laughs> <laughs> How 
How big is it? <laughs> Two pages. Oh my god! Does does it there exist an app like for yeah they, like prostitution they, service? Is that a thing? Craigslist. That <laughs> that is true. Does pro- I guess some like on Hinge you'll sometimes see like it's very evident that they're a prostitution. Yeah, you, you see it on these apps where it's like looking for roses or I'm looking for generous. Like that's like. <laughs> How many roses do they ask for? I don't know. It's like they'll just. Well, like you can pay for roses, actually. No, I mean like roses, like uh, looking for 300 roses or something like that. Oh, it's like a code sign for. Yeah, it, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a co- so- it's a code. It's a that's code. That's like how you can find like uh, fucking like heroin and shit on Craigslist by looking for like roofing tar. Or like the... That's a thing. That's a thing? Yeah. It's like black tar hair. Roof and tar. I think that's a song. I'll tell you right now. There were some interesting things that I learned uh, when I went to rehab. You find out crazy shit. Like what? Like that. Like fucking that you can literally just log on a Craigslist and search for roofing tar. And that's like an undercover way of looking for... What if someone's actually looking for roofing tar though? (laughs) It's an unfortunate exchange. Like I can't do anything with this. (laughs) Like you can. (laughs) You well, can get high as fuck. Is your house made out of crystal? Do you meth? want to talk a little yes. bit about rehab and like what was it like where, and where that was? Okay. Was it like a? <laughs> if you want to. No, I just I find that interesting because in LA there's many different types of like rehab type of things. Was it a so, Malibu uh, passages? To no, I did like a classic thirty day stint uh, at a place called the Gooden Center in Pasadena. Um. It's it's small. They only take like 20, 22 people at a time. Um, and it's like an all men's rehab. Um, but yeah, I, I went and checked in and my fucking, it's like crazy to laugh about these things now. But like literally like my DTs were so bad when I went in there. Like I had been like trying to quit cold turkey at home before I went there. Sorry, wait, what is a DT? Delirium tremens. Thank you. Yeah, it's a withdrawal. Withdrawal symptoms. Okay. Which for booze, which is what I went for, is like really terrible. Like it's fatal. You can die from it. Hundred percent. That and heroin are literally like the two things that people like are known to have died from. And I was like a week out of rehab and just like trying to be super proud at home. No, I'm gonna fucking cut this out on my own. I'll go to rehab and show everybody like I'm fine. And so I stopped drinking. And I think I made it about 24 hours in before I started having seizures. He was like, I'm pretty sure you'll get better. Like, it seems like it if you stop. But like, if you continue, like, this is the kind of shit I see when like a 65 year old comes in here. And he's like, you're 25 years old. Like your liver not doing great. You're not doing great. I think you could feel that because you're literally having fucking seizures. Uh, so then after I was there, they sent me back to the rehab center and I was there for 30 days. Uh which was like the best way that I could have ever gone about stopping because it just fully removes you from like real life. And you spend your whole day, you know, just like hanging out with a bunch of dudes who are all just horribly going through it. Everyone's fucking miserable when they first get there. And it's like, uh, you know, like in prison when people are like, what are you in for? You know, it's like, and the fucking tweakers are hanging out together and the fucking junkies are hanging out together. And it was like the only person who was there who was like, yeah, I'm like an alcoholic first. Everyone else was like in their 40s and 50s. And there was me, like a 25 year old. And all the other 25 year olds were all like fucking dope heads. Cause I guess that's what's popular for our generation. It's like everyone's just like doing pills and stuff. But 
they actually separate into like groups based on i guess you can relate more it's like we have nerds goths they, tweakers they didn't separate us it was just like it seemed that way where it's like okay like every there's only 20 of you so like everyone's talking to each other but it just kind of seems like oh i know this experience more than this one and there was no animosity between those groups of people that was just my experience that like people were literally like oh like you get what i'm going through so like we're kind of hanging out together and stuff but it was honestly it was like the probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life because until then, like, I'll tell you right now, like, I don't get how some, like, you know, like, the famous rock stars for fucking, you know, known for, like, oh, they would go on these crazy benders. I don't know how they were writing stuff, because my brain was, like, fucking mush, and it was, it was insane. I literally got there, and I was sober for about 15 days, and all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, I want to do, like, be writing music again. And I had my uke there with me and there was like other people who played instruments in the house. And so we would have like house jam sessions and stuff. Someone had like a trumpet and there was a cello and one of the counselors had a guitar and like, we'd all sit there. And so it was like music therapy. And, you know, for 30 days, like pretty much all I did was, you know, chain smoke with everyone and drink, you know, like coffee and and have meetings and learn about, you know, addiction and play music. And I came out and was like, doing pretty solid for a while, but I still felt pretty lost. And then a year and a half after getting clean, I had like a nasty five day fucking relapse where I almost died again. Uh, and that was like the true awakening for me where it was like the thing where like you try and go back to like what your old habit looked like, uh, which did not work. Cause I don't know if like, you know, like when you first start drinking, you know, like you can have a couple shots and feel like pretty fucked up. But I was like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I can handle this shit. And so it was like, I went back to trying to do like a fucking liter of vodka a day. And like, it just, everything derailed within like five fucking days. And I found myself like literally almost fucking dead on my apartment floor. I like came to my fucking hands were all cut up. My fucking face had blood all over it. Like shit was broken. Like I had no idea what had taken place. Um, and that truly for me was like the, the rock bottom moment that I guess that you, most people talk about where I was like, dude, this really will, like, I can't trust myself with this. And like, since then it, it like kind of did away with the drive for me. And I know that's not always the case for everybody, but I'm like super duper grateful that I had an experience that could shock me that way mm-hmm. where I was with my partner that I still am now. And she had to come home to find all this shit and like freaked out because it was like massively traumatizing and she like called my family my mom and brother flew out from other states and like i remember coming to on my couch after somehow finding my way there with my hands still fucking crusted with blood and everything was just fucked my brother walks in and i like open my eyes and say, hey my brother <laughs> lived in arizona at the time he's like i bet you probably know why i'm here and i was like but yeah and he's like, mom will be here in about an hour. And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, and I like didn't eat for like four days afterwards and fucked my whole body up. But uh, now, now here I am. And, you know, I, I'm not dying. And I, you know, I might still die by 40, but it won't be because of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you're, how old are you now? Uh, 31. I will 31. be 32 in October. Which is about six years ago. Yeah. Were you functioning throughout um, your drinking days up until like the end? Like you'd go to a job, you'd drive a car. (laughs) So I thankfully did not own a car 
Uh, I was using like public transpo and like Ubers to get around. Um, but Steve and I used to work together. Um, when did you start working there? Do you remember? 2016. Okay. Then you might've come in just after because I was there for like nine months when I was still fucked up really, and I was working all overnight shifts. And so I was literally bringing like a water bottle of like 16 ounces of vodka with me and killing the whole thing during a shift and still being on my feet and like not fucking up paperwork or like the receipts, like all my cash was there. I had a shift where I essentially like, I don't know if I would call it blacking out, (laughs) but pretty much for like two hours where I don't even remember about two hours of the shift. And like kind of coming to and like looking at the clock and being like, holy shit, it's 3.30. The last time I looked at the clock. 3.30 a.m. 3.30 a.m. Because it was oh a 24-hour place. And so it was literally like, oh, I had gone to the bathroom to like chug some fucking vodka. I looked at the time on my phone and it was like 1, 1.30 a.m. And then I kind of just don't know what happened for two hours. And then like I remember looking at the clock and be like, what the fuck? And I opened up my server book. All my receipts were on one side. All my cash was on the other when I did my cash out at the end of the night, everything was done correctly. <laughs> You're like, I did a great job. Yeah, right? I had no idea, literally. And had it not been, you know, for the fact that I was like actively dying, I probably could have carried it on longer. Didn't the manager call you in or like, can you black out more frequently? Like we've never seen numbers so accurate. You're doing incredibly well. How are you doing this? You're <laughs> fucked up. Let's get you. Here's your supply for the shift. I don't even, I think some people knew, but I don't think everyone did somehow. And I was working with people this like four nights a week and some of them had no idea that I was like on the verge of being blackout drunk. Well, there's so much, there's so much like alcohol around that they're not going to be like, we smell booze on his breath. It's like, you're surrounded by alcohol everywhere. And I just feel like you can kind of blend in. Oh in yeah. Way. Plus, you know, I would always keep like a shit ton of mints in my pocket and like drink coffee. I was like anything to cover up the booze. And that's like the reason I didn't switch to vodka in the first place. So I was like, this one has the least scent. Like you can cover this up the most. Yeah. Trying to drink it out of a water bottle. Yeah, being not sneaky at all, just being horribly fucked up. And it goes silent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm lucky in the sense like I've always kind of hated alcohol. Um, I can't relate to that at all. It's, if I drink too much, like if I drink beer, I I enjoy wine, like I enjoy the taste of wine. Um, But if I drink beer, I, I get bloated. Um, I have ulcerative colitis. So, so like if I drink too much, I'm like ill, like the next morning for like days. Um, so I never got into it when I was, um, in high school, I smoked a lot of weed though. Um, I don't so much anymore. It doesn't did, seem like it's an issue and it's your whole lifestyle and everyone around you. Did too. you find like your friends at the time that you were maybe really close to that were heavy drinkers? Uh, did you sort of have to cut them out for a bit or, or no? No, I mean... It was definitely really weird when I first got out. I remember going to like my first like get together where I knew people were going to be drinking when I got out of rehab and I was like, my anxiety level was through the roof and I was like, everyone's just going to be pressuring me and be like, what? you're not drinking? You're not drinking? You went to rehab? Like tell, like what? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, which I think that like most people when they get sober think that, that it's going to be this like really strange experience. And these are people who had known me for years and I went there and no one said a fucking word to me. No one questioned anything. I mean, they knew, but like, no one said anything. No one said, why are you not (laughs) drinking? Which I think most people have that fear. It's like when you go out, someone's going to be like, why is there not a drink in your hand? 
Exactly. They're almost uncomfortable. No, actually, it's a great way to get free drinks. Is just go out and don't buy a drink. Somebody, you, you want a drink? But I have had that. that Brian's like, F you. You've done this to me. Very rarely. And if anyone has the fucking gall to do that kind of bullshit to me, where they're like, you're not drinking? Then I like to just throw on that, well, I'm an alcoholic. And then they shut the fuck right. up. Well, I didn't do that. And it's like, dude, I'm just, I'm fucking with you. Yeah. But also, I am. I don't fucking drink. People get like real weird about it. That was really the thing too. Is like I was doing all my drinking for the like really for the most part and on my own time. And I was also lying about it for a while, where I was like saying that I had gotten sober and trying to carry on this facade when I was drinking the most that I had ever drinking in my entire fucking life. And I'd go out places and I wouldn't drink except for the fact that I fucking would bring a like a flask filled with like one hundred and one in my pocket or whatever, and be like going to the bathroom and drink it in the bathroom and. It's just real shady shit because mm. I didn't want anyone to know because the moment that someone finds out that you are, you know, getting fucked up like that, then people start asking questions. Right. When people start asking questions, then it stops your ability to be able to do things. And that's like the mindset of like a fucking addict. It's like no one can fucking know this shit. And so like my friends weren't all doing the same thing. So when I like came back out, you know, of the fucking center, nobody was asking any, like literally was pushing me because no one else that I knew was really going through it like so people were decent. I mean, you were drinking probably because you had to towards the end or you were going to be flatlining. or close My to physical it. dependency was really, really terrible because I had definitely had moments where I'd be like chugging booze and be like, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't want to be doing this. It's like my morning routine, literally every morning, just to like, you know, not drag this on too much, but I would like, I'd wake up in the morning uh, next to my, my partner in bed and I would wait for her to get out of bed and get into the shower. And I knew that that would kind of start like this internal clock of being like, I've got about 15 minutes to get my shit done. So I would get out of bed, get dressed, run to the liquor cor- store across the street, buy a fifth of vodka, come back across the street from the liquor store, get back into my room, pour my booze into a water bottle, which was uh, like 16 ounces, I think, which on the fifth that I was buying uh, would leave, I had like four or five ounces left. And so then I would guzzle those four or five ounces of booze to start my day off, run downstairs, throw the boo, the bottle in the trash can. So you have to hide your bottles, run back upstairs, drink a little bit more of my water bottle. So I was really starting with about six ounces a day. And the first drink that you get in your body of the day, my body would instantly try and reject it. So I'd have to hold every single muscle in my entire body until it would finally accept it. And then the little beads of sweat would break out of my forehead and you get that real nice euphoric sense. It's like, oh, I'm not going to die today. And then I would get undressed, get back into bed. And pretend like I had never gotten out of bed by the time that she was out of the shower. Oh, wow. And that wasn't like a one-time thing. That was like probably at least five days. And she had no idea. I mean, she probably knew, but I don't think that she knew to the extent of right. what I was doing. But, you know, hiding bottles and shit all over the fucking house. It's messy. And when you're fucked up, you think that you're being really uh, like good about hiding things. But I was not. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever... Um, do you feel like your you, music was sort of your like your consistent sort of not savior but like your theme it almost sounded like in your rehab group or the other people you met in there you saw the vision of creating this group to perform with oh 100 percent. i hadn't written music in years and i started again honestly like uh to advertise the album again yes if you you listen to the album none of which the songs that i played today are on perfect uh you know i like i want people to go listen so you know i guess if you like one of them you'll have to wait until they come out but go and and listen but there's a lot of, of really direct imagery from my life 
on that fucking album. Like we have a song called um, Half a Mile uh, where like the first line of the song is uh, drinking. Uh, is that what it is? No, fighting. I've, I've, I've been fighting, waking up with blood dust crusted on the knuckles of my fighting hands. I've been fighting with no one again. Drinking, I started drinking again, coming two face down on the floor in a puddle of drool, wake, uh, mixed with the night before. I said I wasn't going to do it anymore. Like, it's, it's a lot of verbatim imagery, like, truly from my life mm. um, and the experiences. And obviously, like, I try and draw from life experiences when I write. And so sometimes it comes out as pretty much a mirror image. And sometimes, you know, it's a story that isn't per se mine, but I'm just kind of in, interpreting feelings from my life and then like telling a story and crafting it. But I mean, there is some very direct imagery on that album. You guys are touring right now. Do you want to throw out some dates coming up? Uh, yeah. So we're playing on St. Patrick's day at Patrick Patrick's actually in San Diego. Uh, we'll be playing at, uh, Three links in Dallas, Texas on the, the 19th. We're playing the 17th in San Diego, then fucking going out to Dallas to play on the 19th. And then we're still home territory, to, right? Yes. Any, oh, dude, I love playing in Dallas. Any shows coming up in LA? Let's see, the San Diego, St. Patrick's. Yeah, San Diego. But nothing else, no like solo shows. Not or... until then. Uh, if you like, if you are in Los Angeles and you pop around and open mics, you can probably see me there because that's where I like to go and try out new shit. I just oh. feel like, uh, I'm doing music and being on stage. It's like a very therapeutic thing. Um, and open mic scene in LA, at least for music I found is like very, very supportive. People are always you know, like going up and talking to each other and stuff like that. And I also, since people have moved away, I really have like put a lot of my focus on music production as well. And I've got like a couple uh, singles out that I have worked on with an artist named Shy, C-H-E-Y that I worked on producing with, Sailor Alexander, who did our albums, Mixing and Mastering, who was like an incredible talent uh, and a very good friend. And we worked on a couple songs that will be coming out. I think one of them is coming out either late March, early April. We just shot a music video for it as well for an artist named Jesse Clippers. You can listen to the album on YouTube, but we also have a couple music videos. One for a song called uh, Let's Hit the Road. And we, uh, it's, it's like home movies, essentially. It's super cool. It's a lot of like behind the scenes that we shot like during the process of making the album. Uh, and then the other one, which we actually were fortunate enough to film at the Dresden, um, is for a song called Champagne, which also has some really direct imagery to my life in it. Uh, that you know, it's like this very happy, like jaunty celebration type song that just talks about like your fucking life falling apart in a single day. Uh, that culminates in the end being like, I'm never going to get through this fucking night unless I get a bunch of blow. <laughs> um, but in the video, you can you get to watch me uh, do about a 50-foot line of cocaine on, the, on a bar rail, which we did with a practical effect, which was like so fucking cool to, to figure out how to do. Uh, I won't spoil the magic, but, you know. The, the old you would have done the real thing, probably. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> we don't need visual effects. All, All right, right, guys. Got, Will, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for coming through. Will Hughes, the late, great Charlie Borsky. The album's called Watch Out for Spiders, available Spotify. They'll be touring all over the country. This is Three People on a Couch. Catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.